Welcome to Mindset Reset Radio. I'm your host, Jess, and I'm on a mission to help female entrepreneurs like you get intentional in life and business. So if you're feeling stuck, you're looking for inspiration, or you just want to be reminded that you're not alone on this crazy entrepreneurial journey, you've landed in the right place. You can join our community of intention getters on Instagram at Jessica Thiefels, that's me, and you can learn more about how I can support you in business and mindset at jessicathiefels.com. Finally, if you love what you hear, please don't forget to rate and review the podcast. I'll be forever grateful. Now, sit back, grab a journal, and get ready to start living with intention. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Mindset Reset Radio. I am so excited to welcome our guest today, Sarah Magadoff. She is the founder of the Slow Entrepreneur Movement, an online platform, newsletter, and challenge series dedicated to helping hardworking entrepreneurs work less while getting more done so they can make room for what matters most. She believes that true sustainable success happens when we make our well-being the top priority. And I am so in line with every single little bit of this. Um, Welcome, Sarah. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, We were just talking. I'm broadcasting from a closet right now. So we're just smack in the middle of COVID world. And this (laughs) is we're just doing it. We're making it work and with ease, you know, we're not feeling stressed out about it, which is great. Yeah, it is what it is. Go with the flow. It's all going to get done. Exactly. So before we jump in, um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Well, I am a graphic designer by day, and I like to say the founder of and the leader of the Slow Entrepreneur Movement by night. Um, This whole movement came about as a, quite honestly, it started just as a hashtag that I created, um, let's say four to five years ago. Um, I had just started my business. Um, I was in this ebb and flow of burnout, rebound, cycle through that, repeat. Um, And I was a part of this entrepreneurial group, like a mastermind where we all get together and just talk about the needs and Um, questions we have surrounding our businesses. And I just showed up one Monday morning and was like, you guys, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm running on empty. I feel like I'm juggling so many things and just making ends meet and taking on lots of projects just to make that income target. And I started my business so that I could have freedom and flexibility to own my time mm-hmm. while doing something that I love and earning an income, but I wasn't having that freedom and flexibility part. And I was like, how do I do this? Fast forward, I ended up working with a one-on-one mentor and she helped me um, get clear on how much time that I actually wanted to devote to work. Um, what We took a look at all of my offerings, figured out what was the way, what were the offerings that were making the biggest impact so I could make those income goals while working less um, and then being able to have that freedom outside of my business to do the things that I love most. And oh my goodness, after that meeting, I shifted around so much in my business. I shifted, shifted around a lot of mindsets, a lot of strategies that enabled me to work like just a few hours a day um, and then devote more time to like being healthy and going to the gym and going on runs and scheduling coffee dates. And all of a sudden I started feeling so much more joy in my business. I was doing something that I loved, but I was also doing it in a way that felt really good to me that enabled me to do all those things outside of business. And I'm, I was just like, I think that more entrepreneurs, more female entrepreneurs love that idea, but also had the same hangups that I had of being able to get there. And I'm like, I just, I was able to do it. So I know that other people can. So let's start these conversations around how do we do this? And it's going to look different for every single person and every single business and every industry, but let's start with the same principles and talk about how we can integrate those Um into our businesses. So that kind of launched that hashtag movement, the slow entrepreneur movement. And then, and I, on my Instagram account, would just talk about like, guys, here's what I started doing. I started, um, 
taking a day off in the middle of every single week just so that I could go do something, um, go explore, or make a new recipe, do something that I love. Um, and I just noticed that the posts that where I was talking, not necessarily about my design work, but about slow entrepreneurship, the engagement just spiked. And I was like, okay, this is, we're hitting on a nerve here. How do I expand this so that um, people can take these ideas that I'm talking about here on Instagram, but also implement them into their own work? So launched the platform. Um, I, I uh, publish a newsletter twice a month with a monthly challenge and a monthly journal prompt. And I'm constantly creating new worksheets and new workbooks that are completely free. So people can go to my website, download those there. But I'm just all this to say, I'm so passionate about helping people slow down in the workplace. And there you have it. I love it. I love it so much. I love how organic it sounds like it was. That's like, I feel like some of the most powerful work we do is the work that just sort of comes to us mm-hmm. um, and the work that truly impacts our life. And I think something I'm hearing from you and something I know for a fact has been my experience is that it didn't all happen at once. Like I can imagine people listening to this thinking like, well, that sounds so nice. That sounds so great, but like, that's not possible for me. Mm-hmm. And I think the first thing I want to point out about this whole conversation is that this doesn't all just happen in a day. You don't all of a sudden completely change your schedule and say X, Y, and Z. And all of a sudden you have all this time. Like you said, one of the things you did was start taking one day a week Mm -hmm. to assess your, you know, I want to get into those steps that you took a bit more specifically so we can give listeners some concrete steps to take. Um, But like for me, it's been, when I started as a full-time business owner is when I really noticed that that sort of like hustle mentality kick in. Um, and uh, it's taken me up until probably, it took me traveling the world, I'll be honest with you, mm-hmm. to realize that I could spend less time in my business and make more money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I mean, that was two years after I'd started my business. Like how long do you think it's taken you to really get from being in that hustle mold to being in this really more space of freedom and a lighter schedule and still being really happy and making the money you need? it's taken me seven years okay I work on average maybe 12 to 14 hours a week um yeah it's great that was that was kind of my and I'm still to this day trying to figure out like how do I work two hours a day four times Mm -hmm. a week I haven't gotten there yet but that's the next um that's the next goal but um it took me seven years to get to this place where I was working 40 plus hours a week and I'm down to 14. So it really is, like you said, um, I was transitioning from, it was like a November, December. So it was, you know, we all get really reflective at the end of the year. And I was asking myself, what do I want for my business? And the first thing that popped into my mind was just more space. Okay. Mm -hmm. Next question. How do I create more space? What would feel, what would feel good to you? I just want another day off. I don't think the Saturday, Sunday weekend is, is enough for me. Um, and I would like for that day off to be in the middle of the week. Cause for me, that was a nice pace of work two days, mm-hmm. a day off, another two days, two days off. It just, that cycle for me of work and rest really helps me to be productive, but also refuel for the productivity. Um, so that was the first year. And that required me like, okay, I am cutting an entire day out of my week. I now have to figure out ways to, number one, I need to simplify and eliminate tasks that are not essential because I don't have time to, um, for, for these energy leaks, I guess you could call Mm -hmm. them. Um, I can only work on the things that have a direct, like productive contribution to my goals. So for some of the energy leaks. You got rid yeah, of I think that comes from the book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari hmm. by Robert Sharma. He talks about energy leaks. And I'm like, okay. such a great way to put it. We talk about them as um, the non-essentials, but mm-hmm. they are too, energy leaks. Um, so in order to free up that space, I had to figure out, you know, get rid of the energy leaks, figure out, okay, with the existing responsibilities that I have, how do I make these things go faster? Mm-hmm. Um, so the, those were the first two strategies that um, that I worked toward and that 
I mean, as a designer that I had to kind of improvise like, okay, where, how, like what can be cut out? I was um, delivering these brand strategy proposals and I would give all of my clients these really comprehensive, beautiful, like here are three options and here's some like logo options and just really like all the bells and whistles. And I looked at that and was like, maybe instead of doing three, I could do one really powerful concept mm-hmm. and then we could just fine tune from there. And that cut down my project proposal time by like, if it would take me, if I was working on three, well, now I was only working on one. So just do the math of like, okay, yeah. that's already like a ton of time that I'm saving and nothing changed. Like my clients like still responded really positively. Um, my work was still just as strong. So I was like, okay, there's an example of something that, um, yeah, just I, I simply cut out and it did not affect the quality of the end result. So just finding ways like that within my business to just continue shave, eliminate, cut off, um, and then speed up. Yeah, I love that idea of okay, well, first of all, starting with like a goal was the same thing for me. I remember I was mm-hmm. working with a coach, um, and he was like, What if you could work like 25 hours a week? And I was like, I mean, that would be amazing. And he's like, do you think it's possible? I'm like, I mean, not really. And we realized for me, rather than looking, well, I guess looking at the time leaks, but then for me or the energy leaks, or whatever you want to call them, <clears throat> I had to start delegating. That was mm-hmm. my first step was I need to bring on my work is very writing intensive. I'm in, I run a content marketing agency. So it got to the point where I could not do all that writing and all the work that goes with the writing and manage the clients and manage the overall strategy. It just wasn't feasible. I'm like, in order to live a life I actually enjoy, I have to bring people on. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was my first step was like, okay, I see that I want to work X X hours a week. And when we travel the world, I want to work 20 hours a week or less. That was mine and my husband's goal. Cool. So how do we get there? And for me, that first step was delegating. So I love that you suggest that that first step can be so simple. It's like yeah. write a list of every single task on your yeah. on your weekly to-do list. Yeah. Where are you spending more time or energy on something that you A, don't need to be, or B, could outsource to someone else? And I know the idea of outsourcing sounds scary to people because you have to pay money to do that. But it's like the mental energy you get from putting those tasks off your plate. Every single time I've started delegating out to someone, my business has grown. Every single time I've grown my team, my business has made more money that month. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. So I think I love that. I just love that step. I suppose that it's my experience with it, but then the general feeling of, um, I think that's just a really powerful and simple way to take that first small step. Even if you don't even know how the heck you're going to do it. It's like, all right, well, no big deal. Why don't I just start here? What do I do every day? And what do I, what can I take off completely? Not even delegate. There are tons of things you can take off completely. And when I talk about delegating too, one quick thing I want to say before we keep going is think about your personal life. Like, can you pay the neighbor $10 to come mow your lawn? Like, can you ask your spouse to pick up the slack in this area? Can you ask your mom to cook you dinner two nights. You know what I mean? Like yes. look at your personal life, where can you take advantage there too? Um, and I hear you saying, yes. So I want to know what you think about that. Yeah. I'm even thinking, I heard the advice to evaluate. I think we, um, we, we hesitate paying for those services. I've been doing grocery delivery for like three years now, like even before the, the pandemic, which took so much, not just the amount of time, but mental energy of like, okay, what are we in this way? What are the items that I need? Okay. Now I have to hop in my car and I have to go. And it just, for me, like I hated grocery shopping. So I was like, okay, I'm getting Instacart. I'm just paying the 150 bucks a year. Um, but evaluating the cost of the service against, well, what's your hourly rate? Because I'm spending hours and hours and hours, like by the year devoted to just grocery shopping. But if my hourly rate is 150 bucks. Like I, I am now taking myself away from being able to earn that rate um, just by like wanting to save 
the the cost of the service if all of that makes sense. Um, and that's only one hour of you, you have to work one hour to pay for that yes. entire annual service. The yes, entire year of that service. So it's like also that's what I do a lot is I'm like, how many hours do I have to work to make this reasonable? It's like I have to work two hours. Okay, I'll get that done tomorrow. Like <laughs> yes, yes. So worth it now. And like I said, it's not just the time savings, it's the mental energy. So now, like, for example, I, like I was mentioning earlier, I'm living in the Boston area temporarily with my husband. He's an actor. He booked work out here. So I just, I packed up my stuff and I came out here. Um, Oh my gosh, where am I going with this? Okay. So we're living in a temporary apartment. We had to rent a bunch of like furniture and just all the pardon my French, all the shit that you need to live. Right. (laughs) So we have, um, like four plates, four forks, four spoons, knives, four, four cups. Um, I have no friends out here. We have one friend who's on the, uh, the crew with David, but we barely even see him because of COVID restrictions. And when we first got here after the first week or two, I had written all of my newsletter content up until September. Um, I'd written or I'd at least created an entire content schedule for my Instagram account up until July or August. Um, I was feeling more connected to my friends because I was constantly on Marco Polo because I didn't have any other social obligations. I'm like, I'm going to talk to you and you're going to respond to me on Marco Polo because (laughs) I got no one. And I sat back after a couple of weeks and was like, I've been so productive. And even though I'm not physically with my friends, I feel so connected. What's going on? What's the difference here? And I just don't have any of the distractions from being around our home in LA. There's always like something like, oh yeah, I want to organize that closet or like, I got to go water the plants outside or like, let's go chit chat with the neighbor. Just nothing. Everything is so simple. And in that space, I've been more productive. So it's starting to think in those terms of when we let go of those things, yes, Mm -hmm. we're saying no to that, but we're also saying yes to something else. So that FOMO, it's like you're you're just redirecting the FOMO. Like you're fear of missing out on this thing, but you're also going to gain this thing. So switch that mindset. Um yeah. Yeah. I I mean, that for me really brings up the idea of getting super clear on your yeses and nos. So Mm -hmm. often we say yes to something because we feel that it's expected or we feel we should. Everything from an event, which is less likely right now during COVID, but to, um, I don't know, maintaining a garden. It's like, oh, it's the summer. Maybe I should just do this anyway because I can. And it's like, well, if it takes a lot of your time and you don't love it, if it's not like a hell yes. Yeah probably not worth it. It's taking time away from these other things you could be doing. And also again, taking up that mental space. Um, so I I love that idea of mentally and socially, maybe like decluttering a little bit and figuring out like what you don't need, what you don't even want in your life at that point. I think that like the social aspect of decluttering can be really hard too, because there can be relationships out there that you're like, yeah, I always enjoy my time with them. But the truth is that we only have so much time. We can really, truly only have depth, like true depth within like a handful of relationships. So me personally, I would rather have those few close girlfriends and just really let me just like spend as much time as I can, like taking these deeper and deeper and deeper. If the other relationships happen, they happen, but I maybe just not, I'll say yes. Occasionally if someone reaches out to me, but I won't be the one reaching out. It is hard and it feels terrible at first, but yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's the, I mean, it's those really hard things like hiring a virtual assistant or someone that's going to free up your time or saying no to friends that would expect you to say no, that are sometimes the most important ones. And that's why we resist it so much because it's what we really need to do. We know in our hearts, we need to do it, but we're just scared. Um, so I, you know, I think another great strategy is, so we've said sort of getting clear on like, what's your goal of how much you want to work that week or each week being clear about that, looking at your to-do list saying like, what can I either eliminate maybe decrease or maybe outsource. Mm -hmm. Um, And this sort of idea of social decluttering, where can you start saying no to things to give you more time to, I don't know, even just be by yourself. Like for me, something I've realized is 
I didn't realize how much I liked being alone until COVID. Mm. <laughs> and I had no choice but to spend time alone. Yeah. Um, and it made me want to say no to more things because I'm like, actually, now I can feel inside me when I need that alone time. And I don't think I even had that like barometer in my head before COVID. Yeah. Um, and I probably felt really um felt really difficult in that, in that isolation, but it probably only felt difficult for a time until your body got used to it. Then it started to learn like, Oh, this is good for me because now I'm getting to do X, Y, and Z. Okay. Now I'm starting to reassociate being alone, not with being lonely, but I get to focus on these other things. Any shift that we make in our lives are going to feel uncomfortable for a while just because we're not used to them. And so it does take, we have to go through that discipline of like, okay, this feels difficult. Now I have the goal. Like you said, Mm -hmm. this is allowing me to get there. It will only feel difficult for a time. It'll get easier and easier. Right. Exactly. And then as your schedule frees up, you can fill that time with the things you do want to do. It's like using this time to practice saying no to the things you don't. So then when the things you do want to do, you're like, oh my gosh, yes, I have all Wednesday off because I take it off now. I would love to go for a walk with you or go get coffee, you know, like really choosing what fills you up and using that free time to do those things. And taking Wednesdays off that first year that I was, that I did it, that was my goal. Like every Wednesday off this year, we'll reevaluate at the end of the year. But now this is a practice that I've been doing for four years. It felt so difficult in the first month or two. I so many feelings of guilt, like even just being out for a walk and seeing people in their cars, like on their way to their jobs, or even just thinking like, what, what are my clients thinking? I'm not responding to their emails or am I lazy? Just so there are so many mm-hmm. narratives that came into my mind. And so it really was difficult for those first few weeks. And then there was a shift one day where I'm sitting at my computer and I'm seeing the beautiful sun outside. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I can't wait till next Wednesday. I'd rather be doing that than whatever it is, you know, like organizing a folder on my computer. Yeah. Um, so it it took a while to make that shift and for my mind and my body to reassociate that that time mm-hmm. away from my work with something that I enjoyed, something that was positive. Yeah, let's quickly take a second and talk about that mindset stuff before we keep going with some more strategies because I think that's the biggest piece, right? Like for me, my a big part of my mindset was this comparison. I had uh, two very good friends um, who are realtors and they had just started their business like within the same year um, or maybe the year before that I had started mine full time. Um, it was a side hustle for about two and a half years before that. Um, and they were working like 16 hours a day. Like they were working constantly. And I know they were super burned out and I know that they weren't liking it. But for some reason, I was comparing myself to them. And I was saying, well, I must not want it bad enough if I'm not willing to work more than eight hours a day. I must not care enough. I'm not going to be successful enough because really successful entrepreneurs hustle, hustle, hustle so hard day and night. And for me, like moving past that was the biggest obstacle I had to face in almost like that. The self-criticism was probably the biggest obstacle I had to face. What was, it sounds like that was a little bit of what was going on for you. Can you share other than time? Were there any like active things you did to sort of allow yourself to shift out of that or give yourself the space to shift out of that? I mean, so many different. Okay. One mindset in particular is reminding myself that rest is productive. Mm -hmm. And I think one result that that helped me shift into that mindset a little bit more swiftly was I would, okay, so I have my Wednesdays off and then I would always come back to work Thursday morning just with a battery of new ideas. Mm. Um, and it was, it became so clear to me after a while that my body was hosting all this, all these ideas, all this content that I wasn't giving myself access to because I was just like, so focused on like, getting the emails answered, getting the client what they needed, working on the business that I just wasn't giving my body the opportunity to send up those ideas. Mm -hmm. But those Wednesdays and all that free time created that space. So I would come 
into the re- the remainder of my week really equipped with and wanting to execute those ideas. And not only did I have new ideas, I was able to execute them so much faster because I was energized. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was coming back into that mindset in that space where I maybe was questioning myself or feeling a little bit guilty of like, you are being productive right now. In fact, you just thought of an idea right now. So write that down. Right. Um, like I said, it's not, it takes time and it's not easy, but you do see those results. And you know what? I'm thinking of this comment that I just received on one of my recent Instagram posts. And I, I think it was last Friday. My post was just, Hey, it's the weekend. I want you to rest. If you're feeling guilty for resting, try this exercise, write down absolutely everything that you accomplished this week, Mm. everything from the biggest thing to the smallest thing. I guarantee you that your list is going to be so long. Um, and I had a gal comment me, I just started doing this instead of creating to-do lists. I, at the end of my day, do reflection lists. I love that. And that could be a good practice for someone feeling guilty for pausing. Like do that every single day until you don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. And so you feel really confident going into your spaces of rest where you can be like, I know it's going to be productive. I know that I'm going to be re-energized. That's how I feel today. But that's not how I felt four years ago when I started my Wednesday practice. Right. And I think another idea that came to me as you were talking was also the idea that it's almost like, I think about it this way, because I'm like very logically minded, that it's like finding the data points to support what you want, right? And so coming back on Thursday, feeling really refreshed, like that's a data point, like, oh, I guess I needed that. So I like the idea of almost benchmarking yourself. So like, let's say even you just pick an afternoon that you want to take off. Let's say you're not ready to do a whole day. You're just going to take Wednesday afternoon off. Yeah. So before you take Wednesday afternoon off, you maybe write in your journal, like three things that you're feeling at that moment, like maybe excited for time off, maybe it burned out from a few long calls, blah, blah, blah. Then when you come back on Thursday morning, write how you're feeling and sort of allow that to give you an opportunity to tune back into not just the fact that you're taking off work, but that it's mentally improving the way you're feeling. And that therefore is going to in turn improve your business. Because when we feel good about what we're doing, when we're feeling energized and not exhausted, we're going to do better work. We're going to attract better work, um, you know, attract better clients, whatever. So I love the idea of using that like as a way to calibrate yourself. And then eventually, you know, maybe you just naturally feel that shift and you don't have to, but um, I think that's another cool, that might be another cool way to just Mm -hmm. tune in and say like, see, I needed this. See, I want this Um, and see my business is better for it. You know, at the end of the week, maybe a reflection list and you're like, wow, I took five hours off this week but I got a new client or, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love, I love that. Sometimes for me getting over those mindset, like obstacles is just about getting like in a weird way, logical with myself. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, Let's get down to brass tacks here. Like what is actually happening? Um, Journaling is such a powerful tool. I've just started really, um, having more of a regular practice around journaling, specifically around fears Mm. of, gosh, I don't even know, like a fear of, oh, I'm going to go meet this person for the first time. Okay. What, what is the fear telling me? Writing all those things down in the journal, going, having the coffee meeting and then doing the reflection at the end. Okay. All these fears, did any of those happen? No. What actually did happen? And by writing down what's actually accurate. You're telling your body like, no, this is what we're going to believe. Like we're going to shift away from the mindset of fear and slowly over time. Well, it's worked for me of yeah. The, the journaling practice, there's something about like the tactile Mm -hmm. writing that down. It just, it internalizes so much more quickly and rapidly for me. So yeah, it's scientifically proven that writing yeah. things down, it like resonates deeper in our mind because we have to think more about it versus typing. It's just like it's so mm-hmm. fast when you're physically writing it, it, ha- it has to sink and you have to recall in a way that's different than if you do when you're typing. So um, yeah. totally relevant. I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of journaling. I recommend it always. Um, 
Okay. So I want to jump back into maybe one or two strategies um, before we wrap up. So what would be another strategy you would recommend for people who are looking to hustle less and make more time in their schedule? I love the principle of building a business around your life instead Mm. of building your life around your business. Um, And I know that that idea gets thrown around a lot in the entrepreneurial world, but it can be very overwhelming, I think, to know what step one is in that. So bringing it back to our conversation kind of earlier, it's defining what your non-negotiables are and then kind of using those as the, what I like to call river rocks. So a river will always find a path. It will always create a way forward. Um, But if we don't put those non-negotiables in place, if we don't put our, our rocks down, the path will only be like one way. And for me, that can be the hustle culture, the hustle mindset of, I always need to be working. I need to say yes to everything. I'm burning the midnight oil. But when we take a second, pull out our journals and go, what am I not willing to compromise in order to have a successful business? Maybe that's, I will always pick my kid up from school at 3 p.m. Maybe that's, I will always take an hour for lunch and I'm going to make myself really healthy meals. Or maybe that's, I'm going to have really late starts to my day. I don't want to start at 7 a.m. I want to start at noon. Why not? Like it's your Mm -hmm. business. You can create whatever you want. So starting with your non-negotiables and then being like, okay, how do I get there? Being really innovative, being really creative. I maybe can't follow the advice of other busier entrepreneurs, but I can figure out ways to create that those spaces in my schedule that allow for my non-negotiables to happen. Um, Instead of just, I think, well, at least for me, the way I started my business was, okay, I need to make this amount of money, which means I need X amount of projects. And I built the strategy and the structure and the systems without taking into account my non-negotiables and the space that I wanted. And that's why the business looked crazy. And so then once I took that moment to lay down the foundation of the non-negotiables, that's when the the river path started to be like, okay, I'm forging my own path. And I'm doing that by, you know, innovating my systems and my structures and stuff like that. Yeah. I love that. I like the idea of river rocks and I love the idea that a river is going to flow no matter what. So mm-hmm. you can choose to to, as I always, or as I like to say, you can choose to go with the flow or you can choose to create your own flow. Just Mm -hmm. going with the flow, you're likely not going to be happy. You're not writing your own story. You're letting other people dictate your day and your life. When you create your own flow, you decide what your life looks like. And all of a sudden you're a hell of a lot happier because you're picking your kid up and you're ending work at a certain time and you're have space to breathe and to enjoy the fact, like you said at the very beginning, that you are your own boss. You became your own boss for a reason. So why are we like being our worst boss ever? (laughs) Not giving ourselves that time that we went into business to have. I cannot stress how much happier I was once I started giving my personal life more of a priority Mm. and balancing out. And I know that word balance is really tricky because it's, we tend to think like, okay, I spent three hours working. So I need to spend three hours for myself. It's not, it's not going to be that one-to-one correlation. Um, but it's figuring out what that lifestyle piece is for you and then making sure that, that's getting equal priority, whatever that looks like for you and within your business. Um, and when when that lifestyle piece is not negotiable for you and you're attending to it, you will be so much happier in your business, um, even on your worst days. At least that's the case for me. But yeah, we're we're such humans are full human beings and we have so many different needs. And I think in entrepreneurship, it can be really tempting to just make that, make the business aspect of our lives, the main, the big thing. And it just won't be fulfilling, at least not over the long haul. And ultimately your body's going to say no at some point. Like I, I remember before I was even running my business full-time, I was working as a 
a VP for this blockchain company. And we went away to Japan and I was miserable the entire trip. We were working constantly. I got home from like a 14 hour flight, probably more than that. And I like came home and I was like, I need to work. I need to get stuff done. My husband's like, no, I think you should close the computer. I'm like, and I just broke down. Mm. And he was like, okay, I'm going to put you into bed now yeah. and you're going to sleep for five hours because you just worked for two weeks in Japan and just got off a flight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like our bodies are going to eventually hit a wall. So we can either choose to use that as the reason we do this, or we can be proactive about it before we reach that point of burnout and whatever else comes with it. I mean, so many physical disorders are a result of stress and anxiety that come from pushing ourselves too hard. Um, you know, or we can say, I'm not going to let that happen to me. I'm going to make a change now um, and not get there. I used to um, go to this one yoga teacher and she would always say, first, your body speaks and whispers mm. and then it whimpers and then it screams. Mm. I love that. And wow. so I'm even thinking this is, this feels like a dumb example, but I'm going to share it anyway. I woke up and I started checking email today and I had this like just a pain in my elbow. And I'm like, I just don't want to deal with this right mm -hmm. now. I don't know what it is, but I want to finish my email inbox. Um, and that, that phrase came into my mind of, okay, well, it's, it's whispering right now. And maybe next week it'll whimper. And then maybe in six months it'll scream. And I can take an afternoon off and be like, you know what? I think the way like ergonomically I'm sitting at my desk right now is maybe not the best thing. Let me just give this an afternoon. It'll feel better in the morning. I'll adjust my work setup and that's it. Maybe it took me an afternoon to deal with that versus if I keep going in six months, I'll have to be seeing a physical therapist possibly who knows. So we're like actually saving time and energy by dealing with the little thing now, instead of the big thing later. I love that. I love that. It's such a great, such a great example. Um, okay. I want to give one more, I want to get really hyper-practical because I'm always trying to think about what the listeners are thinking about. And for me, if I was listening to this conversation, I would say that all sounds great, but I legitimately need to keep thinking about how I'm going to make money. I can't, you know, I can't realistically take time off and still make the money I'm making. And mm -hmm. so I want to share, I'll share my strategy and then let's see if you have some thoughts on that or maybe right. some, maybe a, a system you used. But for me, my strategy has been, so the idea is always, how do I make more and do less? That's mm -hmm. always the number mm -hmm. one goal. And so I just looked at what are the tasks I'm doing or the services I'm offering, I should say that allow me to make good money, but I'm not, I don't have to do a lot because either it doesn't require a lot of me. I can maybe charge a little more, let's say per hour or per project, or in my case, um, most consistently, I can delegate it to my writers. I have a team of writers. I have a marketing coordinator. So when that work comes in, I manage the client, I get the project. I just send it off to my writers. I pay them to write it. I edit it. I send it back off. So mm -hmm. I could be making hundreds of dollars off of one piece of content. I've spent 30 minutes on it. Mm -hmm. So that has been a strategy for me is like, what services can I build up more? Like, how can I add to this? Because I know that I can do less and make more. Mm -hmm. So um, for other people who are thinking about how they can do this, I think that's a really good place to start is like, what are the things that I offer which of these require the least amount of my time while still making a lot of money? Or which of these can I reconfigure to take less of my time? Like I stopped doing one-on-one -on -one coaching unless I really am interested in it because it takes a lot of my time and yes. it just doesn't feel fulfilling for me. So I like pretty much don't offer that. And another thing I've done is I find people who I can refer them to so that I can make a referral fee so that I'm making money from doing nothing but passing someone on to someone else. So like finding these little ways where you can make more money while doing less, it's, it's about sort of innovating and you pick them up as you go. Um, mm -hmm. But starting from that base level of like, okay, here are the three services I offer. And this one I do the least with, but I still make really good money. I'm going to focus on building that up. Mm -hmm. um, for me, that's been a really practical strategy and something I've been focused on for the last few years. And I really, really, really see the benefits now. Actually, my, my husband was just telling me he was with some of his buddies last night. And one of them said that I, I really impress him a lot. 
Oh, and I was like, what? He doesn't really even know about the way I run my business. And he's like, he just knows that you don't work very much and you make really good money (laughs) or you seem, you you know, we seem to do well. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and that just got me thinking of this idea that like we, anybody can do this. Like Mm -hmm. I simply like you set a goal, got clear on what I wanted to do, got intentional with these strategies and now I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, so anyway, that's like a bit of a side tangent, but do you have like a more practical strategy or system you use to continue making the money you were making while doing less at the same time? I, well, we're both service providers, it sounds yeah. like, but it also sounds like you have, uh, well, I know you have a product aspect of your business. Yeah. Um, I did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I, several years ago, cut out what I call onesies. So no mm-hmm. one-off, I don't do a logo design by itself. I won't do just like social media temp- templates. I do full service, comprehensive brand strategy, and then all of your like graphic design for all the supporting assets. Um, I have a base package that is the uh, simplest thing that I sell. And that's the brand strategy, what I call my basic brand kit. And that comes with like We'll work together to define your mission statement, your core values, your target audience, all the bells and whistles, right? And then we build up um, uh, what I call add-ons. So like you buy that, you buy that service and then you can add on a website or logo design, but like you have to do that. Um, And that, was that your most like financially, like that's where you thought you could make the most money? while doing the least essentially. Yes, because I could essentially like create such a well-oiled system of what that brand strategy process was, like setting up all of my templates, even setting up all of my email templates that I, for like all the communication between my clients, it's very just like copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. All of the ideas within the each brand strategy are very different, but I'm taking them through the exact same thing. So I've been able to just get faster and faster and faster on that piece. Um, and then, okay, so a couple of different things. I had at first set up that basic brand kit to have three different tiers. So like the basic and then like a little bit more robust and the most robust. And I was finding that all of my clients would just look at the cheapest price and be like, I want that one. So I'm like, okay, not working. So what I'm going to do is instead of having the tiers of services, I'm going to go to having a basic service that you purchase and then do the add-ons. And so I would create this entire menu of like, you can add on all of these things to our project. And when I went to that format, so the basic service plus add-ons, immediately the next client that I book doubled Wow, their 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 package what they were paying for their package um and i think that i was really limiting my clients in terms of like okay you get the brand strategy and then you get these three things for the basic and then for like the medium it was like basic brand kit plus seven things and then the the most robust one was the basic brand kit plus like 12 things but i realized that my clients weren't necessarily i was limiting them in mm-hmm. the exact products that I was giving them rather than giving them the choice to create their own service. And so literally just redesigning the actual offer and then redesigning how that was presented in my media kit doubled that, that income. Um, so, and then I want to add one other story to this and then I'll wrap up what my point is. I was reading a book and I, and this, woman who was the author also like a very like um like hardworking entrepreneur got lots of things going just very a very someone that I look up to I was reading her book and she cited an example of I think it was United Airlines ended up saving like three hundred thousand dollars in expenses one year just by removing one olive from their salads that they served but it's like that one olive times the amount of salads that they were serving. And now like a savings of $300,000. So I want to say, are there ways that we can sit down and instead of thinking, what more can I do to make more? Can I cut? Yes. Maybe there are ways, maybe there are areas of my business that I'm spending 
when I could be spending less just by making this one little adjustment? Or maybe I can take a look at how my service is and are there ways that I can creatively tweak the service? Or maybe it's something else entirely, but taking a look at the broad business and finding those like creative innovations to either save money or make more money just by making one little switch. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I love the idea that there's no one size fits all like this gets to be fun, right? Like it gets to be like, okay, how do I get to really flex my entrepreneurial muscles? How do I really get to design what I truly want to offer? Like I was just coaching because someone had asked me a few years ago and I was like, sure, I could coach you. Why not? I know how to do all those things. I just do it for clients and consulting. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing it just because, and I'm like, I don't freaking like doing this. Mm-hmm. I really don't enjoy it. And so by cutting that out, going back to like the mental energy we were talking about, like so much more mental energy in my week. Like I'm always like, oh, I'm so glad I don't have any coaching clients this week. Like, I'm so glad I don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love that. I love. I love that there are just so many opportunities for us to cut things out and even get more clear on what we even want to do at the end of the day in our personal life and in our business and then design it, get, we get to create that and make it work. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, another thing I want everyone listening to do is to check out episode 41. Um, That is with Shannon and she and I talk about the mindset of charging what you're worth. That is a huge piece of huge. what we're talking about right here. Huge. Is making sure that you're charging what your services or your products are in fact worth. Um, that was a huge piece for me as well of doing less and making more was making sure that my prices are increasing with the value that I'm providing each year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing I really want to make sure everyone pays attention to. And that's, again, that's episode 41. Um this conversation has been amazing. First of all, I love yeah, I talking about this. This has like been such a powerful thing in my life and something I see more and more. Like I was saying about that, that guy who said that to my husband was like, people don't realize that they can do this. Like they don't realize that they can make their own rules. They, they just assume, oh, well, this is the way it is. And it's like, yeah. well, actually, no, it's not. Yeah. Like you get to decide, you get to choose. Yeah. Just because you can't see it in this moment doesn't mean it's not possible. Or just because it's not role modeled to you or just because it's not what's typical in your business or your field. Like Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you can't A, create your own space for it or B, try it anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is why I love having these conversations because the more we talk uh, about it, the more people know about it and more people that know about it, then hopefully they implement some of these practices into their own businesses. And then it just grows. It just continues to grow out from there. So my, in my ideal world, I want to completely take down the hustle mindset and that entire philosophy and just build healthier workplaces, not just in the U S but all across the globe. What does a healthy business and a healthy workplace look like? Let's build that together. We can just because we might not be able to see that right now doesn't mean it can't happen, but I'm willing right. to, to start that journey. I love that. I'm here with you for it. I'm, I want to be part of the slow entrepreneur movement. I love, I'm, love, love. <laughs> I'm clapping. I know that uh, our audience can't see that right now, but I, I am physically clapping on zoom. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. So before I ask you two last questions, If there was one thing you want to make sure people, listeners take away from this episode, one last nugget, um, what would that be? Give us one thing to leave off with. Okay. If you go to the definition of slow entrepreneurship on the slow entrepreneur website, um, basically the idea, the whole philosophy of slow entrepreneurship is embodied in the idea that you as the founder of your company, your health is not optional. Mm. The health of our businesses is directly a result of our health as a person leading it. So that includes physical health, mental health, emotional health, social health. Um, So when we focus on making these things a priority and we nurture the other aspects of ourselves, our businesses will get better. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that so much. I definitely didn't prioritize my personal well-being for a long time. Um, and now that I do, I mean, my life has completely changed. So great. Yeah, reminder. It's, not, yeah, it's not something we're taught. I think that we start very mm-hmm. early in elementary, middle, high school, like 
what are your grades? What's your GPA? You need to do a good job so that you can get into the best college. And then once you get into the best college and the best, you know, graduate program and then the best, it's just all merit-based or there's a focus on merit-based defining your value and your worth. And it takes hitting a breaking point. Like it sounds like you had a moment of burnout. I certainly had a moment of burnout. Um, and you had to hit the wall to be like, what is going wrong here? Oh, okay. The way that I was operating, it's just not, it can't serve me over time. So I need to nurture this person first and foremost, um, by nurturing myself, I get to nurture everything else. Well, as well. Yep. As our mug says on the don't in the don't ask cow shop, show up for yourself before you show up for the world. It's one of my biggest mottos in life. Um, Okay, well, let's wrap up. Tell us what you're getting intentional about right now. Ooh, I've got a lot of content that's coming out of this brain. Um, I'm developing several workbooks based on the slow entrepreneur principle of ease. So that's eliminate, accelerate, set boundaries, and then enjoy. So um, these are going to be free workbooks that people can download. Um, And I walk you through my own personal processes that I used to, um, to implement each of those strategies. And then a bunch of free worksheets that'll be coming down the pipeline within the next few weeks, few months, So I'm getting very intentional, setting boundaries, saying no to a lot of opportunities that fall outside of getting that done, um, because I want to focus on getting those into your guys' hands. And then once that's out the door, then I can figure out what's next. But that's what I'm being intentional about. Awesome. I love it. Um, And where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you? Find me on Instagram at slowentrepreneur and then at slowentrepreneur.com. And feel free to sign up for the monthly newsletter and the challenge and the monthly journal prompt. You'll be able to just head to the website. There will be a pop-up and you can do so there. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. This has been one of my favorite conversations, I think, on the podcast so far. That's just so important to me. And I I know that people listening have gone so many strategies and that always makes me feel happy. So, well, this is my favorite topic to talk about. I can talk about it all day long. So thank you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. And um, everybody else, we will catch you on another episode of Mindset Reset Radio.